الحمد للہ وقفا وسلام اللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم کو نور ربانی یین کو نور ربانی یین بما کن تم تعلمون الكتاب و بما کن تم تدرسون سبحان ربک رب العزت اما سفون وسلام علی المرسلین والحمد للہ رب العالمین اللهم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلى آل سیدنا محمد مبارک وسلم اللهم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلى آل سیدنا محمد مبارک وسلم We live in a day and age when there's so much information, so much knowledge, so many of our sons and daughters are going to school, college, university, being exposed to the knowledge of this world, the information of the world, the people of this world, Every one of us has internet in our home and that opens up a gateway to all types of information and knowledge, correct and incorrect, true and misleading, confusing and leading us astray even about websites about the deen of Islam. And we are raising our children and our daughters and sons in this environment and we're not making the proper effort to provide them the true and authentic knowledge of Islam. On the other hand, we have groups of people who claim that you can get the knowledge of Islam without ulama, you can get the knowledge of Islam without mufassirun, you can get the knowledge of Islam without muhaddithun, you can get the knowledge of Islam without fuqaha, and you can get the feelings of Islam without awliya. So this encourages people even more, that they should just on their own pick up any book that they want, surf any website that they want, take any understanding of deen from anyone in any place that we want. And this has led to a problem in our ummah, a problem of understanding and a problem of feeling and the problem of practicing the deen the way Allah subhanahu wa wanted it to be practiced. And this problem is not just there in the men and the sons, this problem is there in the women and the daughters. No matter even if you don't send your daughter to university, if she has internet at home, she has access to all types of information about Islam, inauthentic and authentic. Now in the history of our own Akabir, Akabir Darlum Deoband, and if you look at the history of the ulama of this ummah, in the very beginning in our history, for the first 1200 years rather in our history, there was not a very widespread effort to make women alimas. Women were always alama, but they would become so by studying in their home. Either their husband was an alam of deen, or their father was an alam of deen, or their brother was an alam of deen, or their son was alam of deen. They studied their knowledge from their mahram male relatives, and then sometimes in their own homes, they would teach their female relatives or few close women from the neighborhood, the locality. And this continued like this for the first 1200 years of Islam. And alhamdulillah, through that, it was enough to satisfy and fulfill the needs of women to have knowledge and guidance. Because that was a pious era. That was a time when women wouldn't leave their homes. That was a time when they 99% observed what we in Urdu call Chardivari Pardi Parda. They remained in the confines of their home. They would only go out due to some severe necessity. But we are living in a totally different age now. Women and daughters are going out in the name of school, in the name of college, in the name of university, in the name of job, in the name of school runs, in the name of shopping, in the name of ASDA. So they're completely exposed to society. So if they're completely exposed to society the way the men are, then it is need of the time to give them the same level of ilm and the same level of zikr that the men are given. So our Qabr Darlum Deoband, when Darlum Deoband was founded, they only made a men's madrasa. There was no concept at that time to make a women's Darlum. In the 1960s, 
in India and Pakistan and in Bangladesh it happened later. In the 1960s, some ulama came to this realization, both in India and in Pakistan, slightly different reasons. In Pakistan, they came to the realization that we thought we were getting this country in the name of Islam and the society would be Islamic and everything would be Islamic, but they realized that the same people who were the puppets of the British colonial government, they have now become the rulers of Pakistan. And by the 50s happened, the 60s happened, towards the end of the 60s, they saw that the society is not a society of lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not a society of taqwa. And the same problem that the women are going out in school, college, university, job, teachers, doctors, nurses, even if they're working within the halal, but they're being exposed to society. So in the late 1960s, a few ulama in Pakistan took this step. And they decided that no, now we must establish Darululum for women also. We must have a formal institute which gives the full ilm of deen to women also. Now in the very beginning, the other ulama, they looked at this skeptically. And you know, ulama by their nature tend to be conservative. So first they were objecting, they were worried, they were scared. In the 1970s, more open. And by the 1980s, you had thousands of women of Darulum all across Pakistan. Pakistan, run by all authentic ulama of deen. Similar thing happened in India in the late 1960s and in fact even in the area of Gujarat there were some areas where they decided we must open up women's darloom. Why? Because now we're a minority. Now we're living in a country where the majority of people aren't Muslim. The majority of information is not Muslim and our women are exposed. They're going out into the society. Same thing happened over there when the first one or two ulama made the step in 1960s, the other ulama looked at them with suspect, with suspiciously what are you doing? Then in 1970 more came and by 1980s you had hundreds of darlums in India also and from 1990s and 2000s it spread so much that alhamdulillah now we can say it in all honesty in, and I don't know I, I assume something similar in Bangladesh but I'm not aware of Bangladesh so I cannot say but in India and Pakistan right now in 2014 the number of jamiat lil binat the number of madaris lil binat the number of darlums Islamic educations of higher learning for women are so much that the level of Islamic education being provided to women in India and Pakistan is more than any place in the entire Muslim Ummah. And this has all been done by the decision of the rightly guided ulama and mashayikh and shayukh. So that means that if this is what they felt in countries like Pakistan and India, and this is the consensus of our great ulama there. And they have done this effort and they've seen the results and they've been happy with the results and they keep increasing the effort. Every year more and more dalums are opening up for women. Every year more and more women are enrolling in them. So can you imagine then how much this effort should take place in England? Can you imagine how much this effort should take place in London? So this is the will of the ulama, the wish of the ulama, the decision of the ulama, the practice of the ulama. So this is why we must bring the teachings of ilm to the women in our community. Our mashayikh, they say in Urdu, Agamard partai to fard partai, orat parti to khandan partai. If a man studies, it's just his own individual study. But if a woman, she studies ilm of deen, then she will bring the nur of ilm to her children, her whole family, her whole lineage, her whole nasal, all of her progeny until yom deen So it's very important that the women in our community get this ilm of deen. Now, what is the purpose of getting ill? It's very important. We don't get ill just for the sake of our intellectual satisfaction, just for our intelligence. Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Quran why a person should want to get ilm of deen. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said in Quran, Kunu Rabbaniyin. 
that each and every one of you should try to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each and every one of you should be Rabbani. Rabbani means highest level of muttaqeen, siddiqeen, sadiqeen. Each one of you should be intimately close and lover and beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابِ By means of the formal talim wa ta'allum. Not reading Qur'an on your own. By getting formal knowledge from the ulama of Qur'an, you will become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reason. So we're doing it to get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To become lovers of Allah ta'ala. To become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In addition to teaching the Qur'an, Allah ta'ala himself says in Qur'an, بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابِ Number one, by means of formally learning and teaching the Qur'an. And number two, وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ And in addition, your dars tadris, your bayan, your wa'az, your other classes, your other talks will be required. In addition to just teaching the text of the Qur'an to make you a complete wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the verse in Qur'an where Allah Ta'ala teaches us what is the reason why we want to have Islamic education. Now that reason is also equally there amongst men and women. Just like men need to try to become Salihin, Siddiqin, Muttaqin, Rabbanin. Every man should have the goal and dream to enter genital for those. Just like that the women must have this dream and goal that they also want to become Salihat, Sadiqat. They also want to be from the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They also want genital for those. In this, in this respect, in our deen, men and women are completely equal. In our deen, men and women have complete access, equal access to ilm, and they have equal access to genital for those. It's not that men have a greater chance of jannah than women, no. In terms of our knowledge of deen, in spirituality of deen, women have as much potential as men do. And now in this day and age, especially in this country, because you have to work a lot to make your living, some of you, mashallah, work long hours, some of you work two jobs, some of you working weekends, right? So many times the men don't have that chance. That's a special class of men who give their life for this. They're called the ulama, they're the imams of our masajid, they're the teachers of our children. But the women, if they start studying deen part-time, especially, for example, if their children are going to school, then they have all the time when their children are at school. As long as they can manage their studies of deen along with fulfilling their household duties, then Allah Ta'ala wants that they should study the deen. And yes, of course, the husband should be supportive. The husband should realize that, okay, I have a choice. I can have a wife who is an alama and cooks two dishes for me for dinner. Or I can have a wife who is not an alama and she will cook ten dishes for me for dinner. Right? I can live in my house the way it is and my wife can become the wali of Allah Ta'ala. Or I can make my wife renovate the whole entire house and personally wallpaper every room and buy new curtains and new fabric and new upholstery and new sheets all the time. Then I can have an ordinary woman as a wife. <laughs> so actually, khidmat of the family and household has to also be done lidin, lillah. So the woman has first priority, khidmat of family and household, lidin, lillah. Then there's a second level of khidmat sometimes people do, which is lidunya. That doesn't have value in deen. That doesn't have priority over her own ilm, her own zikr, her own taqwa, her own dawah, her own khidmat of deen. Takes precedence if she's doing some khidmat which is purely lidunya, which has only worldly benefit. No, this is not the way the sahabiyat were. The sahabiyat led simple lives. This is an untold story, undocumented story. How do you think all those women became tabiyat? Hmm? This may not be so clearly mentioned in the books of history. The female sahabiyat and umahatul mu'mineen, they used to train the female women from the tabi. They used to spend their time with them. 
They weren't busy trying to get extra luxuries, extra comforts, indulging in this world. No. They lived in the world. They took care of their children. They took care of their husband. But they did that to the extent Allah Ta'ala wants them to. And they didn't indulge in it more. Because their pleasure and satisfaction doesn't come from the world. Their pleasure and satisfaction came from doing Dawat of Deen, Khidmat of Deen. So this is why we have want to train the women that they should become the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they should try to get this ilm of deen. Now, to get this ilm is not enough. Like we said, Allah ta'ala said in Quran, Kunu Rabbaniin, we have to have tazkiyah. We have to spiritually purify our heart with the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with the ilm so that we get the nur of the ilm we get the nur of the ilm. So how does Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an Al-Kareem and Nabi Al-Kareem in the Hadith, how did they explain? What is the process? Who are the people from who will be guided? Allah Ta'ala teaches us in Surah Fatih in Qur'an, and we mentioned this to you in Seven Kings once and Jummah Salah once. Allah Ta'ala teaches us to recite Dua in Surah Al-Fatiha, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطُ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ That oh Allah grant me hidayah. On what? On Sirat Al-Mustaqeem. On the path that leads me towards you. Now what is the nature of this path? Now Allah Ta'ala, the next line in Qur'an is going to be the most important description of what Sirat al-Mustaqeem is. Is it a path of words? No. Is it a path of texts or books? No. Is it something to do with libraries? No. Is it something to do with buildings? No. Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim. It is a path of people. Al-Ladheena, it is a path of people. An'amta alayhim, that you Allah Ta'ala you have sent your blessings on those people. So there are some people who are blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They define Sirat al-Mustaqeem. They are the identify, identification of Sirat al-Mustaqeem. If we want to fall, get hidayah to Sirat al-Mustaqeem, we must have hidayah to Allah anamta alayhim. We must be guided to those whom Allah ta'ala has blessed. So who are those people? Another place in Quran Allah ta'ala says, Allah Al-Amullahu minan nabiyyina wa siddiqina wa shuhada'i wa salihin That those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed, there are four types of people. Number one, nabiyyin, all the prophets have been blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now those stories of the previous prophets that we need for our hidayah, Allah ta'ala has mentioned them in the Quran and Nabi Kareem s.a.w. mentioned some additional stories about them in his sunnah. And then, and then, other than that, then ultimately for us, our guidance is Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, And his entire life and his entire teachings and his entire feelings have been preserved. How? His entire life has been preserved in the works of Sirah. His entire teachings have been preserved in the books of Hadith. And his entire feelings were passed on to the Sahaba Ikram. Same thing, Sahaba did the same three things. Sahaba passed the teachings of his life, they taught people Sirah. Sahaba passed on the teachings of his words, they transmitted Hadith. And Sahaba passed on the feelings that he had into the hearts of Tabin. They passed the feelings of the Prophet on as well. So the complete model of the Prophet is his life, his teachings, and his feelings. The Sirah, the Sunnah, and the kefiyat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu the ahwal of Sayyidina Rasulullah the inner feelings of his heart. And just like his seerah has been preserved, just like his hadith has been preserved, just like that his feelings have been preserved. 
that branch of deen that preserves his teachings, that's called hadith muhaddithun. And that branch of deen that preserves his feelings, that's called awliyah, that's called tazkiyah, that's called tasawwuf, that's called tariqat, that's called mashayikh. They preserve the feelings of the Prophet So our women need everything. They're just like men. The women need to know about the life of the Prophet they must study sirah. They must know the teachings of the Prophet they must learn hadith and sunnah. And they must feel the feelings of Nabi Kareem wasallam. So they must practice the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They must be in tazkiyah. Other they will be half alima. They will be empty alima. They will be called khushk alima. They will be dry alima. No, they need the nur of that ilm. Because the asal is that nur. Now let me explain to you, when a woman is a mother, many of us have a strange concept of motherhood, the men and the women also. They say, oh, you know, my wife, she has two children, three children, four children. Therefore, because of the children, she is too busy to do the zikr of Allah Taala. Because of the children, she can't do extra ibadat of Allah Taala. Because of the children, she can't study the ilm of the deen of Allah Taala. What concept of motherhood do we have? Do we have some atheistic concept of motherhood? That mother is just about changing diapers and dropping kids at school. We are deen of Islam. We are the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu A mother needs to be a spiritual mother. Yes. Why? Because when a mother has the nur of ilm in her heart, and when a mother has the itminan of zikr, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul kulub, that know that only and only in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala will the spiritual hearts find itminan. So children, until they become the age of maturity, puberty, until they're balig, children are what in our deen we call masoom. It is in the nature of every masoom that their kalb is attracted to the kulub of the zakirin. It's the nature of the masoom. Their hearts are attracted to the hearts of the dhakirin. If their own mother is not a dhakira, their own father is not a dhakir, what type of parenting is that? Then your children's hearts won't be attracted to your heart. No, deen of Islam teaches spiritual motherhood. The mother must do zikr. So when she picks up her baby and child and clasps her baby to her chest, it's not just the physical warmth. It's not just the emotional caress. That baby's kalb can feel the nur of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in his mother's kalb. That's called spiritual mothering. That's the real part of mothering. That's what we're supposed to give to our children. If the nur of the zikr is the nur of deen. Why do we think that mothering just means what everybody else does in the word is mothers? We are the mothers of believers, the fathers of believers. The father needs the zikr also. And if you want your children to listen to you and take deen from you and not take it from out there, you want your children to grow up in this country and not be affected by what's out there, the only way it will happen is when their hearts are attracted towards your hearts. And Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَلَا مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ أَنْ ذِكْرِنَا That do not follow, do not obey that person who we have made that person's heart empty from our zikr. So it means that Allah Ta'ala has naturally made the hearts of believers attracted towards the hearts of the zakirin. So if the parents do zikr, then for the whole 10, 11, 12 years that their children are masoom, for 10, 11, 12 years the kulub, the hearts of the children are attracted towards the parents' hearts. For 12 years continuously. Then when the children become balig, they will still take their deen from their parents' heart. Because the orientation is set, their qibla is set. The qibla of their kalb is the kulub of their parents, because their parents were zakirin. They felt the itminan of zikr from their parents' heart. They got the nur of ilm from their parents' heart. So then even when they go out there in school, college, university, whatever, they won't take deen from them, they will take deen from the parents. And if a person doesn't have the zikr, then he will take the zikr. سمجھانے کی کوشش کرے گے سمجھانے سے کام نہیں بنے گا میں بچوں کو سمجھاتا ہوں وہ نہیں مانتے ہیں میں ہمارے پاس آتے ہیں کہتے ہیں 
They will use their mind and aql and they will try to explain to their children, scold their children, reprimand their children. They will be frustrated by children. Their children are frustrated by them. What's going on? Allah Ta'ala's command is going on. وَلَا تُطِئْمَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ أَنْ ذِكْرِنَا If your heart doesn't have zikr of Allah Ta'ala, you're trying to explain to your kids, Allah Ta'ala's eye on Qur'an is standing against you. Allah Ta'ala's azali abdi kalam is addressing them, telling them not to obey you. It won't work. And you will say, keep trying, keep trying, keep scolding, samja, samja, kar tak jaan. zikr kar kar tak jana tha, phir dekhi bachya aapke kaise This is spiritual parenting. To be a good father and a good mother, we have to have the nur of zikr, the nur of ilm in our heart, to join the children's hearts to our hearts. So it's a very big misconception to think that because I have children, I'm too busy to do zikr of Allah That's not a good mother, and that's a bad mother. This ummat needs zakira ummahat. Saliha ummahat. This is a word in Quran. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَذَّاكِرَاتِ This word is in Quran, ذَاكِرَاتِ those female believers who remember Allah Ta'ala a lot. Those mu'minat who remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly. This is what the ummah needs. When our mothers were zakirat, oh, they gave birth to Malana Rumi, they gave birth to Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani. That was when the mothers were zakirat. Hmm? And when today the mothers aren't zakirat, so they can give birth to rebellious use, teenage drug abuse, they can give birth to that. So this zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ilm of deen is a nur that is required in the hearts of the mothers today. We need to revive this teaching of ilm and zikr. When a person has the nur of ilm and the nur of zikr in their heart, and then they make da'wah, and the best, most da'wah is the woman's da'wah on her children. <laughs> we are concerned with every other for da'wah. Sheikh should be traveling, ulama should be traveling, mubalagin should be traveling. Alhamdulillah, we love all the efforts of mothers, tasawwuf, tariqat, tabliq, da'wah. But what about the da'wah the mother's making on the children? <laughs> what about that core critical da'wah? Who is going to put in her heart the ilm and zikr so she can do da'wah on her children? If we don't take care of that critical home da'wah, family da'wah, parenting da'wah, what's going to happen in the next generation? We'll be stunned. We have to. We, you should be scared. What could happen in the next generation? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, "Kunu rabbaniyin bima kuntum tu'allimun al-kitab wa bima kuntum tadrusu." Now we go back to the part of ilm. So the women have to understand that we have to take ilm from the ulama. We have to take ilm from the ulama. Allah subhanahu wa explains in Quran in many different ways. One verse Allah says in That is it possible? Can it ever be possible? That those who don't have, those who have ilm and those who do not have ilm, can they ever be considered equal to each other? Can it ever be considered? It means no. They're not equal. So the Quran is establishing two types of people. Alladina ya'lamun and alladina la ya'lamun. Those who know and have the knowledge and those who don't know and don't have the knowledge. Now Allah Ta'ala is not trying to talk down to the ones who don't have the knowledge. He's just trying to explain to them that the ones who don't know should learn from the ones who know. Very simple. Even the most basic thing of Islam, Tajweed, you can't teach yourself that. It's very rare, maybe one out of a million people, one out of a million children can say that I never did Nuranikai, that I never did Ikrakai, that I never had a Kari Sahib, my mother never taught me, my father never taught me, I taught myself Quran. It's very rare. Maybe one out of a million people can say that. So even if it's just for the pronunciations, just for the wordings we need a teacher, 
So then you can imagine how much we need a teacher to understand the deen. Then can you imagine how much we need a teacher to feel the deen, to feel the Qur'an, live the Qur'an, practice the Qur'an, to become the Qur'an. That's what Allah Dalla wants. <laughs> that we ourselves become walking, talking Musaf of Qur'an. We become living, breathing embodiment of Qur'an. That will have to be taught. That will have to be learned. So this is something in our deen. <clears throat> then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-ulama'u warathutul anbiya That the scholars are the heirs of the prophets. The scholars are the legatees of the prophets. What does it mean? It means that when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, the same way that Sahaba had to learn from the Prophet ﷺ, the same way people will have to learn from ulama. That's why the Prophet used a very strong word, waratha. They're the deputies, they're the legatees, they will fulfill the legacy, they will fulfill the mission of the Prophets. Allahu Akbar. So same thing for the women. The women must get their knowledge from those women who are alima, those women who have gotten the ilm of deen. Those women who have gotten the ilm of deen. Allah subhanahu wa says in Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That ask the people of the dhikr, if you don't know. Now question arises, Allah Ta'ala, you could have said, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الْإِلْمِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of ilm if you don't have ilm. Allah Ta'ala said, no, Allah Ta'ala is giving us hidayah here. There's hidayah in this ayah. If you don't have ilm, you don't know, right? You have to go somebody not just who has the knowledge. Somebody who has the knowledge does amal on that knowledge, practices that knowledge, has ikhlas in that amal, is sincere in that practice. That's called ahl dhikr Why? Because Allah Ta'ala was teaching us that when we ask, we shouldn't just be asking for the sake of knowledge. Our goal is also amal. Our goal is also ikhlas. Our goal is also to be reminded of Allah Ta'ala. Our goal is also to remember Allah Ta'ala. Our goal is also to love Allah Ta'ala. So therefore we should go to that alima who has these things. So that means the women, not only do they have to find a person who is alima to study deen from, they have to find a woman who is alima zakira, a woman who is from ahli dhikr, a woman who has the nur of ilm and the nur of zikr in her heart. Because when they ask from her and they learn from her, then they will be guided all the way. They will be guided all the way to practice and sincerity. They won't just get information. Otherwise, a lot of us, we have a lot of information, but we don't practice it. This would be a very scary exam on the Day of Judgment. You knew this and you didn't do it. You knew this and you didn't do it. You knew this and you didn't do it. We're just information carriers. The benefit of the dhikr. Dhikr pushes a person to do amal on their ilm. Zikr is that feeling that makes a person bechan until they do amal on their ilm. Makes a person restless. Makes a person restless until they practice what they know. That's what zikr does. And if a person doesn't have zikr, let me tell you, they can keep studying, keep learning, keep reading, keep talking, keep teaching, and they still don't change. And they're not restless to change. But when they start making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the zikr makes them restless to change. So this is the rupt between ilm and zikr. This is why Hazrat Mulana Ilyas Ramtanle, he put ilm and zikr together. He knew that ilm needs zikr, zikr needs ilm. He knew that when you put ilm and zikr together, you will have ihya'uddin, tajdeed-e-deen. You will have the revival of deen, the renewal of deen. So the same thing, those women who in their heart have both ilm and zikr, they will be able to renew the and revive the deen in the hearts of other women. Okay, so this is one notion about taking our ilm from ulama. Then, 
There's also in our deen concept of awliya. Sometimes we tell our students in Pakistan a very simple thing, a very simple sentence. Follow the ulama and befriend the awliya. This is our, what our deen teaches us. Follow the ulama and befriend the awliya, you will be on hidayah. If you don't follow the ulama, you will not be on hidayah. If you don't befriend the awliya, you will not get complete hidayah. Now I will show you from Quran what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about people of wilayah. First, Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, In awliya'uhu illa al-muttakoon. That who are the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except the people of taqwa. Means wilayah doesn't mean flying in the air, seeing colors, seeing lights, jumping up and down, dancing in zikr. La hawla wa Wilayah means taqwa. Taqwa. But taqwa is a feeling. You can't get taqwa just by reading. You can't get taqwa just by talking. Taqwa is a feeling in the heart. And it's the most beloved feeling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna akramakum indallahi adqaqum. That indeed the most honored of you, the most beloved of you, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's regard, are the ones who have the most taqwa. The ones who have the most taqwa, Allah ta'ala calls them in Quran, awliyaullah. In other verse Allah ta'ala says in Quran, Allah inna awliyaullahi la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahzunun. That indeed this awliyaullah, there's so many, many Mufassirun have explained this verse. First I'll translate, La خَوْفٌ alayhim. There is no fear upon them. There is no fear upon them. Look at me. There is no fear upon them. وَلَا هُمْ There is no huzn in them. There is no fear upon them. There is no huzn, no sorrow, no grief in them. What does it mean? One meaning is that shaitan cannot affect them. No khawf. Nafs cannot deceive them. No huzn. Second meaning, that everybody faces difficulties in life, but their emotional difficulties in life that may apparently make, you would think would make a person sad, would make a person depressed, would make a person grieve, it has no effect on them. Because their only feelings are spiritual feelings. Yes? It doesn't mean they have a hassle-free life. They get hassles in life, but their hassles of the dunya don't affect their deen. That's called the life. They get a lot of hassles in life. <laughs> but the hassles of the dunya don't affect their deen. I've seen our own Sheikh, Hazrat Idam Barakatwa, for 20 years. Never have I ever seen him in the slightest tinge of sorrow, grief, depression, tension, anxiety. Never. Why? La khawfun alayhim walahum yazunun. Not possible. Doesn't mean everybody has tests on people, difficulties on people, betrayals, disloyalties, everything. Life is life. <laughs> but their heart is immune from the sadnesses of this world. Yes, there's one sadness they can feel. Sadness pertaining to Akhirah. Sadness pertaining to Deen. Fikr of Ummah. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear of the Day of Judgment. Fear of the Grave. That can be there. But as far as the dunya goes, there is no such thing. And this is critical. This is why the women need to learn zikr. Because many women sometimes fall behind in Deen because their emotional feelings are stronger than their spiritual feelings. So when they get some sadness in the world, that's it. They say, oh, I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like reading Quran, I don't feel like making zikr, I don't want to go to class. So they become a creature of their emotions. And a little bit, Allah Ta'ala has made them that way also. A little bit. The only way they can surmount this, overcome this, become better than this, is when they make the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Then they won't let any setback or difficulty in the world keep them from their work of ibadat, keep them from their tirbiyat of their children, keep them from their khidmat of family. You do, waliya, johana, you bear zibra, this cheese, hoti. 
आपके घर में एक मिल जाए ना आप समझ जाएंगे दिस इज अ वेरी स्पेशल मॉडल ऑफ वुमेन दिस इज लाइक अ सुपर स्पिरिचुअल वुमेन दिस इज वन आर दी नीड्स दिस जाकिरात वुमेन देन अल्लाह सुभान अल्लाह टोल्ड इन कुरान वकुनु मा सादिकीन या अय्युहल लदीना आमनु तकुल्लाह वकुनु मा सादिकीन नाउ कुनु मा सादिकीन हैज मेनी लेवल्स ऑफ मीनिंग at one level it means we should all have some level of relationship with the greatest of the siddiqeen the awliyaullah but it also means that the women who are ordinary women in the community they should try to spend time and company with the zakirat alimat of the community they should spend time with them sit with them learn from them take their advice from them take their counsel from them nobody can try to do this deen alone that's why nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in sahih hadith ad-deenun nasiha that deen exists in sahiha nasiha deen consists of advice the deen itself lies in good counsel so in order for nasiha to exist you need some relationship some interaction the woman have to be under the nasiha of some zakira alama allah taala said in quran wa dhakkir fa inna dhikratan fa ul mu'minin that you should advise remind admonish why because this benefits the believers there's nafa in this tadkira in this dhikr for the believers so the women also need that they're part of mu'minin they need to be in touch with the alama zakira women to be advised by them counseled by them reminded by them motivated by them look the men don't do it on their own most almost every man who is andin is because either he's connected to the imam of the masjid he's connected to some alim he's connected to some sheikh he's connected to effort of tabligh he's connected he has some connection he's not flying solo he's not going it alone you can't expect your women at home to somehow do it and you can't expect them to do it from you very few of you are that level wo mard e momin jab apne biwi ko din par chala sakta na wo badi bala cheez hai aap abhi tak wo nahi bane ha हाँ गैरों को दीन पर चलाना आसान है अपनों को दीन पर चलाना ये तो लिया का काम है हाँ सो यू नीड द वेमेन टू गेट द दीन द सेम वे मीन यू डेट थ्रू सोहबा थ्रू नसीहा थ्रू जिक्र थ्रू तदकर सो द बेस्ट थिंग फॉर दैट इज टू कनेक्ट दम टू द आलम जाम्यूनिटी Now listen to what Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's messenger Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. And this I'm saying this a bit more for the women because the men obviously all of you if you're sitting with us today all of you understand these things. But there's some women who because they haven't spent time with ulama, haven't spent time with mashayikh like the men do in the masjid, you get opportunity to hear different ulama, different men, different mashayikh. A lot of the women who are religious women, it's a very strange thing. they are religious women they're practicing they want to learn quran but because they haven't had a chance to listen to ulama mashayikh spend time with them sometimes shaitan plants a very dangerous waswas in their mind what is that shaitan plants a waswas in their mind that there's no such thing as ulama mashayikh there's no such thing i don't need ulama i don't need awliya so first we showed you in quran these two words exist we showed you the word awliya in quran the word ulama in quran inna ma yaqallaha min ibadihi alulama min ibad from allah taala's ibad from his servants and slaves and creatures there will be a special group from those ibad what's their feature yakshallah 
they fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. Who are those people? They're called ulama. So we want to tell the women that the existence of ulama and the existence of awliya is a Quranic fact. And it's our aqidah that everything in Quran will exist until the end of time. So there will always be ulama, there will always be awliya. So to deny the existence of ulama and awliya is a very dangerous thing. To deny your need for them, that you can know, understand everything in deen without them is a dangerous thing. Because Allah Ta'ala says, Unuma sadiqeen, fas'alu ahla dhikri, fas'al bihi khabira. So many places in Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, ask them, be with them, sit with them, learn from them. So if we really say we follow Quran, we have to follow the instructions Allah Ta'ala gives us in Quran. Follow Quran doesn't mean I leave everything the Quran guides me to and I just do my own understanding of Quran through my reading. That's not called following Quran. Following Quran means following the guidelines and guidance in Quran. That Ya Allah, whatever source of hidayah you mention in Quran, I will be guided by that. So to be guided by Siddiqeen, Salihin, Ulama, and Awliya, all of these are commandments of Allah Ta'ala in Quran. Now let us look at some Sahih of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where you will hear what did the Prophet say about these awliya? Nabi Kareem, this is in Sahih Bukhari. I don't know how much we can explain to you here. Tell get it down. <laughs> this is in Sahih Bukhari, Kitabul Jihad. Yes. Ajeeb, the hadith is about awliya. I will explain to you why it's in Kitabul Jihad in a moment. But the women don't really need to know that, however. Fair. Nabi Kareem Sassam said, Inna min ibadillah. Inna min, min ibadillah, that indeed they are from some, man minister tabi, some of Allah Ta'ala's servants and slaves, man lau aqsama alallahi laabarrahu, that if they were to take qasam, if they simply say a sentence, and they swear by Allah Ta'ala when they say that sentence, laabarrahu, Allah Ta'ala will fulfill their words. This is Sahih Bukhari. They will fulfill their words. Imam Bukhari was a great muhaddis. He has a lot of faqaha. He put in a kitab al-jihad. Why? He was trying to tell people that you can't do jihad just through weapons and slogans and money. You need all Allah to do jihad. You need such people that when they speak, Allah Ta'ala fulfills their words, then the maps of the world change. This was his tafakkur. So there are people like that. This is Sahih Bukhari hadith. Same as Arkid of Sunnah, whatever Nabi Kareem Sassam will be true until the end of time, because he's Khatum and Nabiin Wal Mursaleen, he's the last and final prophet and messenger. So they are people like that. They are some people from the Ibad of Allah Ta'ala, that when they speak and take Allah's name, La Abarrahu, Allah Ta'ala fulfills their very words. <coughs> Why have you been deceived to think, no, no, there's no such thing as blessed people, there's no such thing as special people, you just read the words of Quran and words of Hadith on your own. So read these words of this Hadith in Bukhari then. What are you going to do about this? Hmm? So the Quran is saying, Alladina anamta alayhim, people whom Allah has blessed. The Biyakrim is saying that people who Allah Ta'ala honors their words. Okay, if me and you haven't become like that yet, right? So then what's the next? Asal is we should want ourselves to be so close to Allah Ta'ala. Huh? That when we speak and say Allah's name, Allah Ta'ala fulfills our words. Okay, we weren't able to be like that ourselves. So what's the next best thing to attach ourselves to people who are like that? To learn from people who are like that? That's why we ask people for du'as. People say, oh, why are you so sure? Why do you get so happy when you ask somebody for du'a? I show this hadith in Sahih Bukhari. My Allah Ta'ala, my Nabi Akrim is telling me that these are such people when they say a sentence with the name of Allah, Allah Ta'ala fulfills their sentences. That's why I ask them for du'a. 
My Nabi Kareem Sallallahu taught me that there is such ibad. If you do not believe in the hadith, you do not follow the hadith, you are not al-hadith. You are not follower of hadith. We have to become what we call sahib al-sunnah. Sahib al-sunnah is the person who feels the hadith, who lives the hadith. It's not just about reciting words and having books in the library and reading translations. That's not what deen is about. Deen is about feeling these hadith. Another hadith, Sahih Muslim. Sahih Muslim. Listen to what Nabi Kareem Sallallahu says. Inna Allah idha ahamba abdan. That whenever Allah subhanahu ta'ala loves one of his slaves, da'a Jibreel. Allah ta'ala calls the angel Jibreel. Calls the angel Bifakal. And then Allah ta'ala says to him, Inni ohimbu fulana. That I, Allah ta'ala, love this person. Allah ta'ala calls angel Jibreel and says, I, Allah ta'ala, love this person. Fa'ahimbuhu. You, Jibreel, you therefore, you should also love this person. Allah Akbar. Call. Then uh, the narrative continues, the Prophet continues, for you hibbuhu Jibreel. So then the angel Jibreel starts loving this person. Thumma yunadi fis samai. Then the angel Jibreel goes out and he issues a call in all the heavens to all of the angels. For yukul, and the angel Jibreel says, Inna laha yuhibbu fulanan. That know that Allah Ta'ala loves such and such a person. فَأَهِبُّوهُ All of you angels, you should love this person. Then the Prophet continues, فَيُهِبُّهُ أَهْلُ السَّمَاءِ Then every single angel in all the skies, heavens, firmaments, starts loving this person. This is Sahih Muslim. This is called Mahboob. There are people, they're Mahboobullah, Mahboob Jibreel, Mahboob Malaika. Achha, then call it, then Nabi Kareem Sallallahu continues, then Allah Ta'ala places kubuliya for this person on earth. Then the people of earth who have true hearts, sincere hearts, they love this person. And some of these women, they're confused. They think, no, it's no such thing. There's nobody who Allah Ta'ala loves. There's no such thing as mahab. Literally, the words of Hadith, they deny. He said, Allah Ta'ala kya mahabub hona, ye koi hadith nahi. I mean, it's Muslim, I could have Oh, Allah Ta'ala kya makbool hona, ye hadith se sabit nahi Sahih Muslim sahab ko sabit kandiya. How dare you say that? That there's no such thing as that there's such people who are beloved to Allah Ta'ala, accepted to Allah Ta'ala. There's no such concept as mahboob and makbool in our deen. Just read Quran and this on your own. Hmm? I don't know why you don't read these hadith. Can you imagine? Yes, and again like I told, there will always be people. There will always be people like this. There were always until the end of time. This is why Sayyidina is telling us this. It's part of Hidayah for us. Everything that Paul Sallallahu said that has been recorded in Hadith is a guidance for us. Hidayah for us has a lesson for us. Now none of us can meet Nabi Kareem Sallallahu right? He's passed away. But these people are still around. <laughs> there are people like this still on this earth and there will always be people like this on this earth. So one Hadith from Sahih Bukhari, one Hadith from... Sahih Muslim. <coughs> Another deed from Sahih Bukhari. Now this is quite long, so I will just summarize for you. If I read the whole thing in Arabic and translate, it's quite long. Hadith in Sahih Bukhari. I will just recite one line in Arabic for you because that's a special line at the end. So Sayyidina Abu Rayyad reported that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has groups, you can say teams of angels. Teams of angels that go, travel the roads and paths of this earth, seeking the people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yaltamisuna ahla dhikri. That they're going, 
in seeking the people of zikr. And when they find some people doing zikr, when they find them, so then they call to one another. The, whatever team of angels finds them, they call to all the other angels and tell all angels, you come here, we have found what we're looking for. So then all the angels come, and then the Prophet ﷺ, and then the angels surround them with their wings. Till the space from those believers doing zikr, all the way up to the samawat, is filled with the wings of angels. Hmm? If any of you know about football and rugby, there's something called a huddle. Hmm? Yes, this is the huddle of the angels and the zakirin. Can you imagine how many angels surround these people of zikr? And the samawat, now you want to use science? So Samawat isn't this atmosphere. It's not the end of the solar system. Samawat actually in Arabic means the end of the physical universe. Beyond the physical universe lies the angelic realm. What does it mean? Samawat now in light of modern science, Samawat means the frontier of the known universe. It's not just up to the sky. It means all the way as far as the Big Bang universe has ever created. That many angels surround the Halakamsika. Billions and zillions and trillions and trillions of manaika. Traveling the angels of zikr. Actually some of you may think, oh no, by zikr it means they're praying salah. By zikr it means they're reading Quran. By zikr it means they're teaching ilm. By zikr it means they're doing dawah. No, no. By zikr it means they're doing zikr. Yes? By zikr it means. Why? Because the words of the dis. The words of the So what are they doing? Yusabbihunaka. وَيُكَبِّرُونَكَ وَيُحَمِّدُونَكَ وَيُمَجِّدُونَكَ Means they're doing tasbih, tahmeed, takbir, tamjeed, saying subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. They're doing zikr. It's literally mean. They're just doing zikr. It's not any other activity. They're sitting and doing the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the angels, that, Oh my angels, these people doing my zikr, have they ever seen me? And the angels say, of course, Allah Ta'ala knows, but Allah Ta'ala likes to have these conversations with angels. This is Allah Ta'ala's love. <laughs> it's hard to explain to you this in English. Huh? Uh, Allah Ta'ala enjoys these conversations. So he asks the angels, have they seen me? Allah Ta'ala knows the answer to every question, right? And so the angels say, no Allah Ta'ala, they have not seen you. So Allah Ta'ala says, what do you think? How would they act if they were to have seen me? What do you think? Hmm? He asks the angels. So the angels say that, Ya Allah, they had seen you, they would engage even more in their zikr and their ibadah. They would worship you more, do tasbih of you more, do hamd of you more. Then Allah says, okay, what are they asking of me? Angels say, they're asking you for jannah. So Allah says, oh my angels, have they seen my jannah? They say, no, Rab, our Rab, they have not seen your jannah. Allah so says, what do you think? What would they be like if they had seen jannah? They say, Ya Allah, if they had seen Jannah, they would make dua even more eagerly for it, even more intensely for it. Then Allah Ta'ala asks the angels another question, that what are they seeking protection from? So the angels say, Ya Allah, they're seeking protection from the fire of Jahannam, from the fire of hell. Allah Ta'ala asks, have they seen the fire of Jahannam? The angels say, no, they haven't seen the fire of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala asks the angels, what do you think? If they had seen the fire of Jahannam, how would they then act? Angels say that if they were to see the fire of Jahannam, they would even more earnestly be begging you protection from it, and they would be afraid of it. Then, the last thing the angels say is, what else are they doing? Right? So they were remembering Allah Ta'ala, they were asking for Jannah, asking protection. Last thing, they beg for your forgiveness. Allah Ta'ala, they are begging you for your maghfirah. So it means this is the clearly gathering of zikr and dua. This is the gathering of zikr and dua. So Allah Ta'ala tells the angels, okay, 
all my angels, I call you to witness that I forgive each and every single one of them for what they ask forgiveness from, means all their sins. I grant them protection for what they want protection from. I protect them from the fire of Jahannam and I grant them what they ask, means I give them admission into Jannah. Alright, now one of the angels, hmm? Yes, literally it's Arabic. One of the angels, Allah Akbar, Ajeeb. This is the part I wanted to recite to you in Arabic. Mm. Yakulu malakum minal malaka. One of the angels from all of the angels says to Allah Ta'ala, but, fihim fulanun, that amongst them, sitting with them is fulan, is such and such a person, so and so. Laysa minhum. He is not one of them. He is not from Zakirin. He is not from Salihin. He is not one of them. Okay? Inna ja'a Actually, he just came to sit with them because he had some worldly need, some dunyavi need. He thought that, okay, these people gather and make zikr. I'm having some problem in business, so I'll go sit with them and there's barakah in their company and I'll make dua for my business. I'm having some problem, somebody's sick in my family, I'll go sit with them and make dua for the health of my family member. These people have barakah, I'll accept my dua. So he came not for tasbih, tahmid, tamjid, takbir. He came in uh, uh, he came due to some need of his own. All Allah Taala responds to this angel, Humal Julasau. No, there are such people that when they sit, La Yashkabihim Julisuhum. Anybody who sits with them cannot be deprived of my mercy. Means I forgive him also. I grant him salvation from Jahannam also. I grant him Jannah also. Just the person who sits with the people of Zikr in Dua. And this is narrated in the Sahih of Bukhari. People who claim that we just follow Sahih Hadith, we don't need these gatherings of zikr. Ya Allah. <laughs> this is in the Sahih of Bukhari. And why is the Prophet telling us this? It's not just to tell us a nice story. Every part of Sunnah is Hidayah. The Prophet is trying to give us Hidayah. Go to these gatherings. Go to the gatherings of zikr. Go to the gatherings of dua. Allah Ta'ala knew in the future in the Ummah there may be people who are not so regular. The Misalata can't do it regularly. He says, go anyway. Humul Julasa'u, there are such people, La Yashka Julisuhum, that even if you sit with them, you will not be deprived of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that means in addition to the women getting ill, the women must have this also. <laughs> this is part of deen, this is part of hidayah for men and women equally. So the women must connect their hearts to the women of dhikr, to the dhakirat, to sit and do dhikr with them, to sit and make dua to Allah Ta'ala with them, to revive this sunnah, to become the living embodiments of this sunnah, to get the real fada'il of this hadith, to get the virtues and merits of this sunnah. So there are people like that. There are people like that. So many hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nadari Sahih Bukhari. Ajeeb. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu This is called Hadith Qudsi. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said. That the Prophet said that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Inna Allah Azza wa Jalla qal. Man adali waliya. Fakad adhantuhu bilharb. That whomsoever has enmity opposes one of my awliya. Allah Ta'ala says that I proclaim war on them. I make adhan. I make adhan. That's what it means. فَكَدْ آذَنْتُهُ I make adhan directly to that person who is being an enemy towards my wali. بِالْحَرْبِ 
that I, Allah, declare war on that person. This is Sahih Bukhari. Look how beloved these people are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are called awliyaullah. That if a person tries to oppose them, undermine them, critique them, backbite them, hmm, deny them, Allah ta'ala declares harb. Allah ta'ala declares war on such a person. Hmm? How can the women be... Who is teaching our women these things? That you don't need awliya, there's no such thing as awliya, there's no such thing as ulama, just read Quran and Hadith on your own. Allahu Akbar, strange, it's strange, it's not deen. Remember, the women should listen carefully. Our deen is what is in Quran and Hadith. But you have been shown selected Hadith. We, that's why we have to take Hadith from muhaddithin, because they see the whole picture, they see the whole sunnah. We have to take Hadith from them. They will share with us the complete picture. Instead, we just pick up pamphlets from any and all, any old foundation. We won't understand the proper sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu We will just understand what they want us to understand. Follow the ulama, befriend the awliya. I don't think after these hadiths you need any more convincing to befriend the awliya. Hmm? Every hadith was in Sahih Bukhari or Muslim. And every other thing I said was from Quran Azim al-Shah. Follow the ulama, befriend the awliya. That's called hidayah in our deen. Follow the ulama, befriend the awliya. Trust the ulama, befriend the awliya. Very simple, very easy. Very simple, very easy. Here this hadith continues that Allah Ta'ala explains in this what is a wali? What happens to a wali? Khair, it means that my servant doesn't come close to me with anything more dear to me, more beloved to me except the faraid. It means these people do all the faraid. And they get the qurb that Allah Ta'ala makes a person close to them when you do the things that Allah Ta'ala wants you to do. Right? Then these people get an additional closest to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ Then they start doing even more than the farz. They do nawafil. They pray tahajjud. They make zikr. They recite Quran. They make dua. They give sadaqah, etc. Then they get so close to Allah Until they reach a point that they get so much qurb, أُحِبَّهُ Then I, Allah, love them. Same concept we mentioned before, mahbub. They become mahbubullah. Then here, the hadith continues and it's a bit of a fancy thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when I love him, when I start loving that person, then I become the hearing with which he ears, the seeing through which he sees, the hand through which he strikes or grabs, the foot through which he walks. What does this mean? So the ulama mentioned this means that now they only hear what Allah ta'ala likes them to hear. They only hear what Allah ta'ala wants them to hear. They only see what Allah Ta'ala wants them to see. They only reach out and do what Allah Ta'ala wants them to do. They only go where Allah Ta'ala wants them to go. Means now Allah Ta'ala has put them automatically on Hidayah. They're on auto now. Everything they do is on Hidayah. Because they struggled so hard, so hard to be on Hidayah. Every fard they did it. They found about Nawafu, they did it. They did mujahada on their nafs. They got nafsu mutminna. They come on Hidayah. And Allah Ta'ala says now they're guided. They're just guided. Everything they do, every step they take, every word they say, everything they see, it's all on Hidayah. Allah Akbar. That's why Allah Ta'ala teaches us, Ihdina, that guide us Allah Ta'ala to Surat Al-Mustaqeem, guide us to the path of such people. Then same thing we told you before, that then what is Allah Ta'ala says, Ajeeb, the kabulit Allah Ta'ala gives to this person. وَإِن سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْتِيَنَّهُ that if this person asks me anything, I will surely, definitely grant it to them. 
This is called mustajabud dawat, that their duas are accepted. This is Sahih Bukhari. That if they seek refuge in me from anything, I will grant them refuge and protection from whatever they ask protection from. That's why Mashaikh they teach us that don't go to Amil, go to Kamil. That's why they say you don't need to go to these people who are going to claim to you they do magic and black magic and white magic and Thor and Jor and Jinn and Jadu. Yes, uh, Pakistanis, Gujaratis, Bangladeshis. Listen carefully. Listen to this hadith. Go find a Kamil Wali of Allah and ask him to make dua for you. Allah Ta'ala is saying in Sahih Bukhari hadith Qudsi that if this person asks Allah Ta'ala for protection from anything, Allah Ta'ala says, I grant them protection from it. That's why Dada Pira Zafaja Ghulam Habib Rantai from Atite ki kisi Amil ke paas na jai, Kamil ke paas jai. Oh, kisi Amil ke paas na jai, Kamil ke paas jai. Kyunke Kamil me Bukhari Shif ki mohr lagi hai. اور عامل اپنے اقلی تجربہ کے بنا پر کام کر رہا ہے with all respect I know that some of you are sitting no no there's so and so دیوبندی علماء he's also عامل there's so and so متشرح علماء he's also عامل there's so and so عالم who does it for free he's not doing it for, he's doing it for free I just tell you this that it's a lesser way اتنا میں کہتا I don't say they're liars I'm not saying they're wrong they're sincere they think they're doing what's best but it's a lesser way for example, if you find out that there's a doctor who's not so good, and I tell you there's a doctor who's better, it doesn't mean we're against the doctor who's not. We just say, okay, fine, he's not so qualified. He's not so skilled. He doesn't have such a good understanding of diagnosing illnesses. But that's it. That's all we're saying. You go to the better doctor. That's all we're saying. We're not against anyone. We have love for all of the ulama, and we love their ikhlas, and we love their efforts, and we love their dua. But look at this hadith. Hmm? Why not try to have a relationship with awliya? Why not to have, get their du'as? That's the best protection. And in any case, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know in this world when there's a medicine, when there's a vaccine, there's a disease, and they create a vaccine. So if you take the vaccine, you're completely happy, right? If you take the vaccine for chickenpox, you never worry anymore that you get chickenpox. So Allah ta'ala put the vaccine for every single nadr and hasad in the last two surahs of Qur'an. Thus you just follow this amal that you recite Durud Sharif, Surah Fatah, Ayatul Kursi, the four kuls include Kulaudu bin Abil Falak, Kulaudu bin Abil Nas, recite the Rishif again, you do it morning and every evening, every day you have vaccine. Nothing can happen to you. Why don't you have Yaqeen? <laughs> if you have Yaqeen in the vaccine of the doctors of the world, that the doctor gave me vaccine, now I will never get the illness. When Allah Ta'ala put His vaccine in Quran, you just use the vaccine every day, and nothing will happen to you from that world. Hmm? When you recite those words, min hasidin idha hasad, then can any hasid ever do anything to you? When you use the vaccine that Allah Ta'ala gave in Quran? This is our deen. This is our deen. So this is another hadith from Nabi Akrim Sabsam Bata. Allah. How close we should be with this Allah. We have to love them. Yes. Not loose relationship. We have to love them. There's another Sayyidina Nabi Akrim Sasalam. He taught us to make this dua Allahumma inni as'aluka humbaka wa humba mayyuhibbuk. Oh Allah, I ask that you grant me love for you and love for everyone who loves you. To love the lovers of Allah Ta'ala is part of the hidayah of deen, part of the sunnah. Again, some women they have this weird concept. 
No, 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 there's no need to have love and respect for awliya. No need to have love and respect for ulama. There's nothing like that. You're engaging in people worship. You're engaging in cultism. My Nabi told me to ask Allah Ta'ala to put love for his lovers in his heart. And you're going to accuse me that I'm engaging in people worship? Worship is sajda. We don't do sajda to anybody. We don't do ibadah to anybody. Only Allah Ta'ala's are ma'bood. But Allah Ta'ala's told us to make his mahboob our mahboob. Yes, so we make those people, those people who are Allah Ta'ala's mahboob, we make them our mahboob, our beloved. We don't make anybody our ma'bood, only Allah Ta'ala's are ma'bood. So Muhammad is something else, and ibadah is something else. Something else? I'm going to give you one last hadith, so you understand this. Right, and I think this will be enough that the women will understand. This is hadith again in Sahih Muslim. So we've given all Quran, all Sahih hadith. Hmm? Sahih Muslim, this is a hadith that Imam Muslim put in his Kitab at Tawbah, in his chapter on repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it say? It's again a bit of a long hadith, but uh, so again, I'll just do it for in English, but I'll just write, recite one or two lines. Sayyidina Abu Sayyid al-Khudri radiallahu he narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that in one of the earlier communities, one of the earlier ummahs of believers, there was a person and he was a sinner. And he committed a sin, what? He killed 99 people. He killed 99 people means you can say in today's language he was a mass murderer. He was a serial killer. So then he, in his heart, alhamdulillah, had a desire to make tawbah. So he started asking around. And he asked people that show me who is the most knowledgeable person. Man a'lam. Who is the person? Man a'lam ahlul ard. Who is the most knowledgeable person on earth? Why? Because he knew that only the most knowledgeable person on earth will be able to tell a sinner like me how to do tawbah. Because I've killed 99 people. I have to find an expert because I'm in a serious condition. I need an expert physician because I'm in critical condition. So some people, they guided him for dullah uh, ala rahib that they guided him to a fakir, <laughs> a rahib. At that time, they were monks, right? So they went to the monk. So he went to the monk and he asked the monk, that I've killed 99 people, is there any way that I can make tawbah? So the monk said, no, you've killed 99 people. There's no way you can make tawbah. So he killed the monk. <laughs> yes, the Nabi said this, he actually killed the monk. Allahu Akbar. Now, what does this mean? Now, the way I would understand this hadith, right? Uh... Allah, the monk said, there's no way you can do Koba. Fakatullahu, so he killed him. Right? The way we understand this hadith is this person was so desperately wanted Toba. You see, because he's killed 99 people, so killing isn't such a big thing for him now. Maybe it'd be like, maybe one of us would yell at a person or slap a person. Right? But the emotion behind this hundredth murder was a desperation for Toba. The other 99 murders, Allah with what motive he committed them. This hundredth murder was committed with the motive that how how can it be possible that I can't do tawbah? Desperate for tawbah, insistent on tawbah, having yakin there must be a way of tawbah. So then he starts asking again, same question that no, tell me who was the more knowledgeable person. Now Nabi Kareem Sallallahu says that he is guided to who? He is guided to an alim. He is guided to an alim. Fudullah ala rajulin alim. Now he's got it to an alam. This is why we need the ulama who understand Tawbah, who understand Allah Ta'ala's mercy. So that alam, he asked the same thing, that I've killed. Now he says, I've killed a hundred people. Is there any way that I can do Tawbah? 
فَقَالَ نَعَمْ So that Alam told him, yes, yes you can go by. In fact he goes further, وَمَا يَهُولُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ تَوْبَ What in the world is coming between you and Tawbah? What are you worried about? آپ what is keeping you from Tawbah? So what does he tell him? He tells him how to make Tawbah. Alright? This is Sahih Muslim. Again, Nabi Yikram is not telling us an old story. This is Hidayah for us. This story is Hidayah for us. That's why it's in the Hadith. So what does he tell this person? He tells this person, Intalik ila ardan kada wa kada. You should go to such and such place on earth. To such and such a village. You have to go there. Why? What's the special thing over there? فَإِنَّ بِهَا أُنَاسًا That in that place there are some people يَعْبُدُونَ اللَّهِ That they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're the worshippers of Allah ta'ala. They're the loving, loyal, obedient slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have to go there to them. Not you can't just make tawbah sitting here where you are, no. You have to go to that place where there are some people who are the pious worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you go there, what should you do? Fa'bud. Fa'budullaha ma'ahum. That you should go and worship Allah Ta'ala with them. In their mayyat. You must become their companion. You must become their associate. You must live amongst them. You must be with them. You must spend time with them. You must worship Allah Ta'ala with them. Okay? He says, fine. And he says, and don't come back. And don't come back to this place because you've done so many sins here. There are too many memories here, etc. Okay, so he goes. Fantaraka. He sets out. Until halfway along the way, Atahul Mawt, death overcomes him. Death overcomes him. Allahu Akbar. Now when death overcomes him, two groups of angels come. Two groups of angels come. One is the Malaikatul Adab, the angels of punishment. They're the ones who come to collect that soul who is going to go to Jahannam. And when they collect a person's soul, Allahu Akbar, even the way they extract the soul is painful. It's narrated that when they extract the soul, the ruh of the person destined from Jahannam, it's like claws. Their fingers become like claws. They claw out that person's ruh. So those angels showed up because he had killed a hundred people. And because what was his surah at Tawbah, what was his way of Tawbah? To reach that place and become with those people and make ibadah Allah Ta'ala with those people. So he hasn't reached that place yet. He's halfway in the middle. Okay? But at the same time, the other angels had also shown up. Right? Those were the angels who... Mm, the angels of Rahmah, who gathered the soul to take that person to Jannah. So there was a dispute. So Allah Ta'ala sends another angel down to resolve the dispute between them. So how does he decide? The angel decides and tells, okay, you measure the land. Which place was he closer to? Is he closer to the place where he killed the hundred people, that area? Or is he closer to this place of the people of Toba? To that place where the Unas and Ya'budun Allah, they were people who were true worshippers of Allah Ta'ala. So when they measured it, they found that he was near to the land where he intended to go. Near to the land of those people of piety. So then that angel decided that the angels of mercy should take possession of his ruh. Now tell me, how much do we need people? Hmm? If a person who killed, right, 100 people, if a person killed, remember this is hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam marwiyun fi sahih muslim. If Nabi Kareem sallam is giving us as hidayah, how much we need these pious people. That if we made sins, a way to do tawbah is to go even towards them. 
even if we didn't reach them. Just that niyat, just that jihad, just that direction, that orientation, that we're going towards them, Allah Ta'ala decreed that person to be forgiven. Now then, Imam Muslim Ta'ala, here in this hadith, he adds in another statement in his book. This is a beautiful thing, and this is a statement of who? Sayyidina Hassan, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, the beloved son of the beloved Fatima, radiyallahu ta'ala anha, means the beloved grandson of beloved Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Sayyidina Hassan, he said something, that my grandfather told me something more about this story. So Imam Muslim adds it. Hmm? Imam Muslim views it as authentic. And who narrates it? Sayyidina Qatada. Qatada is one of the greatest of the Tabin. So Imam Muslim narrated, Qatada said that Sayyidina Hassan Ranzu said, that as death approached this person, because he didn't die instantly, so that death overcame him, he fell sick, he crawled upon his chest. He kept crawling to reach those people of Tawbah. Allahu Akbar Kameera. Now imagine this person. Hmm? He's killed a hundred people in his life. He's been given hope that there's some people. And he's falling sick. And he's walking slowly. He's falling sicker. He's stumbling. He can tell he's about to die. He collapses. And he starts crawling, crawling, dragging himself. And he dies in the act of dragging himself. Allahu Akbar Kameera. Hmm? This is called Tawbat al-Nasur. This is called, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu tubu illallahi tawbat al-Nasuha. That, oh, you believe, make tawbah to Allah from the bottom of your heart. Sincerely, truly, he was dragging himself to those people. And me and you, we can't even bring ourselves to do bad to a shaykh. We can't bring ourselves to keep sober with shaykh. We can't bring ourselves to these gatherings of zikr, where Allah said the angels of mercy filled the entire universe. Hmm? We're not following the sunnah of Nabiya Karim Sallallahu We're not following his teachings. We think we don't need this. Nobody is above and beyond hadith. No matter how big an alim you are, no matter how much teaching you do, no matter how much tabliq you do, no matter how much jihad you do, no matter how much Quran you teach, no matter how much charity you give, no matter how good a father you are, nobody is beyond the hadith guidance of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Nobody is beyond the sunnah. This is the guidance of the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa This is our deen. Follow the ulama, befriend the awliya. All in shown to you from Quran, Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, yani Sahih Hadith of the Prophet and from the Quran al-Kareem, the Kalamullah. It's when we do this along with our ilm, when we get ilm from the ulama, zikr from the awliya, then you will see a revolution in the society. Then you will see women that will become like the Rabia Basri of their time. Hmm? It's not enough for us to just tell stories of sahabiyat to our children. Those children need mothers who are like those sahabiyat. It's not enough to just tell stories of Umahat al-Mu'minin to the children. The children need to see real live women like that, who are, have the attributes of the salihat sahabiyat. Then the deen will be revived. Then the deen will be revived. So we're very happy, alhamdulillah, that these women in the London area who are studying in Mariam Academy and it was named because of this reason. In September 2011, I asked my sheikh that we need to come up with a name for London, and I suggested Murray Academy. And I said, why? And I explained, because our sheikh, sometimes he makes dua. He has rarely done it. I often do it. But once or twice, Hazrat used to make this dua, that Allah Ta'ala grant all the women the same type of haya that say the Maryam radiallahu ta'ala anha had. And so we had that feeling that, yes, this is what we need in the West. The critical thing that the women in the West need is haya. If the women can get their haya, then inshallah they will get everything on their deen. 
So we ask Shaykh that can we call Maryam Academy and name it after that greatest woman, Sayyidah Maryam Radiallahu He said, okay, you call Maryam Academy. Alhamdulillah, one of the students of our Shaykh and Alama Zakira here, she's teaching the women. May Allah Ta'ala give her her reward for her efforts. May Allah Ta'ala put barakah in her life, barakah in her words, barakah in her deed. May Allah Ta'ala spread this work from her, accept this work from her, her always grant us ikhlas, protect us from every ujub, every riyah, every hasad, every kibr, protect us from every laziness, every shortcoming. Make her and all of her students steadfast on deen. And all the men here also encouraged to connect your women to this effort, connect your wives to this effort, connect your daughters to this effort, connect your sisters to this effort. Make your women get this nur of ilm and this nur of the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your home life will become better. Your married life will become better. Your children will become more pious. You will be giving your wife for an effort that will enable us to revive the deen. So we make dua that Allah Ta'ala accepted. And we also want to make our tawbah on this day. Just like this great sinner made this great effort at tawbah. We want to have nisbat with him. Have nisbat with these great tawabin. These great lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala accept our tawbah from all of our sins. May he grant all the men here and the women here. Some of the nur of ilm. The nur of zikr. The nur of tazkiyah. May he connect our hearts with the ulama. And connect our hearts with the awliya. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. من دعوة سبحان ربنا ومحمد الله مصلينا سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, we are weak, sinning servants and slaves. Ya Allah, connect our hearts, attach our hearts, accept our hearts, purify our hearts. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you take out all the unlawful feelings from our heart. Fill our heart with a love for you, love for Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, love for Quran, love for awliya, love for ulama, love for sulaha, love for shuhada, love for all of the mu'mineen, love for the ummah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Make our heart have these true loves, Ya Allah. Rescue our heart from the false loves, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us the nur of ilm. Grant us the nur of dhikr. Ya Allah, especially the women who are gathered here today. Ya Allah, make them alimat. Make them zakirat. Make them salihat. Make them sadiqat. Ya Allah, they came here today seeking you. Seeking your pleasure. Seeking hidayah on salat al-mustaqim. Ya Allah, before they rise and return home. Make them magfureen. Make them your mahbub. Make them makbulin. Send your special gaze of mercy on their heart. Accept them for a life of deen. Accept them for khidmat of deen. Accept them for the feelings of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put in all these women and all the men here today the feelings of Quran, the feelings of Sunnah, the hakikat of Quran, the hakikat of Sunnah. Ya Allah, let us become muhtadun. Make us guided by this hidayah. Let us accept this hidayah. Let us live this hidayah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let this hidayah be the most precious thing in our life. The most dear thing in our life, the priority of our life. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we live in an age of fitna and fasad, fisk and fujur, all types of false information, misinformation, false ideologies. Keep us in your hifazah, Ya Allah. Grant us the deen khalis, Ya Allah. Let us take our understanding of Quran from the mufassirun, ulama of Quran. Let us take our understanding of hadith and sunnah from the muhaddithin, from the fuqaha, from the usuliyin. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, 
let us also learn our taqwa and our tawbah and our dhikr from the awliyaullah, from the ulama of tazkiyah, from the mashayikh and shayukh. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, by participating in all these efforts, grant us the hakikat of iman, the halawat of iman, the lazat of iman, and accept us for khidmat of deen, accept us for dawat of deen. Ya Allah, all of us, many of us who are parents, who are mothers and fathers, Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us be spiritual parents to our children. Let us be zakirin parents to our children. Let us be ruhani parents to our children. Let us give nasiha to our children. Let our hearts become manoeuvred with this nur of zikr, with the itmanan of zikr. Let the itmanan of zikr in our heart go into the hearts of our children. Grant them hearts of itmanan, hearts of sukoon, so they're not tempted by the pleasures of this world. They're not attracted to the fitness of this world. They're not afflicted by the nafsi amara. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us hearts of itmanan, homes of itmanan, families of itmanan, relations of itmanan, a community of itmanan. Grant us itmanan in our ibadah, itmanan in our work, itmanan in our home, itmanan in our life. Grant every second of our life to be full of itmanan and sukoon. Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem, we make special dua, Ya Allah, for the women who have been studying up to now, accept every letter they studied for your sake, accept every word they studied for your cause. Ya Allah, we too want to make this intention. Kunu rabbaniyin bima kuntum ta'allimun al-kitab wa bima kuntum tadrusun. Make all of these women the rabbaniyat. Make them lovers of you, close to you, beloved to you, by means of the Quran that they formerly learned, by means of the dars that they formerly attended. Let this always be our niyyah. We also want to be mukhlisin al-huddin. We only want to seek your pleasure, Ya Allah. If we get all the ilm in the world and you are not pleased with us, Ya Rabbi Kareem, that ilm has no value for us, has no hope for us. We need your rada, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Be radhi with us, Ya Allah. Be happy with us, Ya Allah. Be pleased with us, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem and all the women today have made this intention to join. Ya Allah, accept their niyat. Make it easy for them. Put barakah in their time. Put barakah in their home. Soften the hearts of their husbands. Soften the hearts of their families. Make their families welcoming to deen. Open to deen. Encouraging of deen. Supporting of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us give up some of the luxuries of this dunya. The fuzul of this dunya. The faltu of this dunya. The love of this dunya. For the sake that we can get more deen, Ya Allah. We want more deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. We have spent years trying to get more of the dunya. We have fallen fat on our place. We have been rejected. We have been tormented. We have been betrayed. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make tawbah on this day. Now we want more deen, Ya Allah. More akhirah, Ya Allah. More taqwa, Ya Allah. More ikhlas, Ya Allah. Granted to us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Gifted to us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Inna ka antal wahab. You love to gift. You love to grant. You love to bestow. Gifted to us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, humare in duaon ko kubool farma, gunaon ko maaf farma, aaj neke raadon ko pura farma, sab ki dili faryaad ko kubool farma, sab ki neke muradon ko kubool farma, ya Rabbi Kareem, hum sab ko ilm ka noor se munawar farma, zikr ka noor se munawar farma, zin nurein bana, ya Rabbi Kareem, ilm ka chashma humare sine se jari farma, ilm ka chashma humare gano se jari farma, zikr ki baag humare dil ka gushan bana, zikr ki baag humare gar ka گسن بنا یا ربی کریم ہمارے خاندان کو بھی قبول فرما ہمارے اہل و یا کو بھی قبول فرما ہمارے اولاد کو بھی قبول فرما یا ربی کریم جب آپ کی قبولی کے فیصلے ہوتے تو آپ کبھی کسی خاندان کو بھی قبول کرتے آپ کی نظر ابراہیم علیہ السلام پر پڑی آپ نے توحید ان کو عنایت فرمایا نبوت ان کو عنایت فرمایا قبولیت ان کو عنایت فرمانا ان کی نصر سے آپ نے ہزاروں انبیاء کو پیدا فرمایا یا ربی کریم 
ہمیں بھی یہ نظر ڈال دیجئے ہمارے نسل بھی قبول کر دیجئے ہم نے تم بڑوں سے سنا کہ ایک غلام ہوتا ہے ایک خاندانی غلام ہوتا ہے بکریم ہم بھی آپ کی غلامی میں آنا چاہتے ہیں نفس کی غلامی سے چھڑوا دیجئے اپنے غلامی کا تاج پہنا دیجئے ہمارے پورے خاندان کو اس غلامی کے لیے قبول فرما کیا میں تک آنے والی نسل کو اس غلامی کی قبول فرما ہم تو آپ کے خاندانی غلام بننا چاہتے ہیں ہم آپ کے نسلی غلام بننا چاہتے ہیں قبول کر لیجیے اللہ ہمارے تمام اولاد بچوں کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما کیا میں تک تمام اولاد کی ایمان کی حفاظت فرما بکریم کرم آپ کا کرم کا ہوگلا کرم کا معاملہ فرما فضل کا معاملہ فرما آپ نے تو قرآن میں فرمایا عظیم کہ تو عظیم فضل رکھنے والی ذات ہے ہم تو آپ کے عظیم فضل آپ کے کرم آپ کی رحمت سے امید لے کر آئے ہیں بکریم آپ ہمارے امید کو پورا کر دیجیے اٹھنے سے پہلے اپنے رضا نصیب فرما اپنے رضا والی زندگی عطا فرما آپ تقدیر میں کر دیجیے بکریم ہم جانے دنیا سے جانے سے پہلے ہم سے بھی کوئی اچھا کام قبول فرما کوئی ایسا کام ہم سے لے لیں جس سے آپ قبول کریں گے آپ راضی ہوں گے ہم آپ سے پیارے ہو جائیں گے ہمارے اولاد کو بھی قبول فرما یعنی بکریم ہمارے پورے نسل میں اپنے صالحین میں سے بنا متقین میں سے بنا آپ کے چاہنے والے میں سے بنا آپ کے ماننے والے میں سے بنا آپ کا کرم ہوگا آپ کا فضل ہوگا قبول کر لیجیے اللہ مان لیجیے اللہ ہم آپ کو منوانے کے لیے آئے ہیں آپ کو قرب حاصل کرنے کے لیے آئے ہیں آپ دے دیجیے بکریم ہمیں بھی علماء کی صحبت نصیب فرما اولیاء کی صحبت نصیب فرما علماء اولیاء کی قدردانی عطا فرما بکریم ہم آپ کی دوستوں سے دوستی اس لیے لگاتے ہیں اصل میں ہم آپ سے دوستی لگانا چاہتے تھے آپ کی خود ہم دوست بننا چاہتے تھے ہم نے دنیا میں قائدہ دیکھا تھا کہ دوست کا دوست دوست بن جاتا ہے بکریم ہم آپ کے علماء اولیاء کے دوست بن کر رہ رہے آپ ہم سے دوستی لگا دیجیے ہمیں اپنا دوست بنا دیجیے ہمیں اپنا قرب دے دیجیے ہمیں اپنی محبت دے دیجیے ہم آپ سے آخرت کی نعمتوں کے زیادہ محتاج ہیں آپ کی قرب اور محبت کو محتاج ہے آپ نے دنیا میں اتنی نعمتیں ہمیں دی یار بکریم آخر میں محروم نہ کرنا آخر میں کم نہ دینا آخر میں زیادہ نعمتیں دینا ہمیں جنت دے دیجیے اپنا قرب دے دیجیے نبی کریم سم کا پڑوس دے دیجیے آپ کا کرم کا معاملہ فرما یار بکریم امت مسلم پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما جہاں بھی دین کی محنت ہو رہی ہے آپ کی رضا کے مطابق شریعت کے مطابق سب کو قبول فرما تمام مساجد کی حفاظت فرما تمام مکاتب قرآنیہ کی حفاظت فرما تمام مدارس اسلامیہ عربیہ کی حفاظت فرما دعوت تبلیغ کو قبول فرما یار بکریم اس وقت اور قیامت تک جہاں بھی روح زمین پر آپ کے نام لے کر ساتھی پھر رہے کلمہ لے کر پھر رہے ان کو قبول کر لیجیے ان سے ہدایت کے چشموں کو جاری کر لیجیے ان کا عمومی فائدہ نصیب فرما ان کے دل کو بھی اس کام سے منور فرما یار بکریم جہاں آپ کے اولیاء اللہ بیٹھے یا جہاں بھی وہ گھوم رہے لوگوں کو آپ کی یاد سکھا رہے ان کی بھی محنتوں کو قبول فرما ان کی خانقاہوں کی حفاظت فرما یار بکریم جہاں علماء بیٹھے یا گھوم رہے درس دے رہے آپ کے دین کا علم سکھا رہے یار بکریم ان کو بھی کوشش کو قبول فرما یار بکریم جہاں باطل کی اتنی قوتیں ہیں حق والوں کو بھی کبھی بنا دیجیے حق والوں کو پشت بنائے کر لیجیے ہماری مدد نصرت فرما دیجیے حق کو غالب فرما باطل کو مغلوب فرما اور ہمیں ہمیشہ حق کی جانب اختیار کرنے نصیب فرما رب یار بکریم اس مسجد کو مرکز سکون بنا مرکز نور بنا یا اس مسجد سے مسلین مختلف 
مخلصین کو پیدا فرما مستدین متقین کو پیدا فرما مستدین صالحین کو پیدا فرما یا کہ ائمہ خطبا یا کہ مستدین یا کہ منتظمین سب کو اپنے مقبول بندوں میں شامل فرما ربنا تقبل منا انک انت السمیع العلیم وتوب علینا انک انت التواب الرحیم وصلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبه سیدنا محمد وعلی آله وصحبه اجمعین برحمتک یا رحم الراحمین